Welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's episode, let me introduce you the CEO and founder of Executive Coach Asia, Evan Zivanakis. Evan, welcome to the show, and I'm glad I got your name out correctly. I was worried about that beforehand. Would you like to share us a little bit about yourself and about your executive coach Asia business. David, yeah, nice to meet you and nice to be here as well. Don't worry about the name, you pronounce it well, perfect. <laughs> and you know, I get it all the time. And uh, you know, actually my first, something I would like to share with you, my first, um, right now I run the business, you know, my coaching business, Executive Coach Asia, and the URL is executivecoachasia.com. But my, previous to that, my, URL was my name, but because people had a bit difficult to pronounce it, you know, this yeah. is the reason I changed it. So um, I did. They're making it a lot easier. I get it all the time. So yeah, again, pleasure to be here, uh, David. Um, my name is Evan Zivanakis. I'm an executive coach. And I, you know, just to give you a bit of my background, you know, not to not to impress you, but rather to impress upon you. You know, I don't, I don't like to fuffer about myself, but obviously to, 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 you, to share what I do to yourself and to your audience. Mm. Um, yeah, I had the typical, you know, I, I, I suppose um, a career. I graduated. I was an employee. I became a team leader. I became a manager. I became a director and then the C-suite. And I think around, if, if I was to count, you know, throughout my career, I think I managed overall more than 500 employees across eight different countries. I've opened companies and managed people in the UK, in Switzerland, in Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, Australians, Australia, Sydney, Thailand, and Cyprus. So, mm. you know, I suppose with that practical experience, you know, that gave me a lot of experience and a lot of, I um, suppose, know-how on how to deal and work with different kinds of people with you know, from different religions, from different backgrounds, from different cultures. I mean, you're in Sydney. It's a, you know, I lived in Sydney for a year. It's a lovely city. And I think you understand very well what I'm talking about mm. when I talk about a multicultural society, right? A multicultural, yeah. you know, uh, area. So with that experience, you know, now as an executive coach, I help leaders and organizations, organizations, companies to build inspiring leadership from the inside out. And I do that, you know, in what I believe, I offer some of the most educational, transformational, transformational and impactful um, and coaching and training solutions. And when I say leadership from the inside out, um, 
you know, it's all about people, you know, it's, mm. uh, it, it's all about how we manage relationships with people. And, you know, with my experience, both as an employee, as a manager, as well as a coach, if I can share with this with you, I have seen companies with a great product, mm. great service, but they struggle to scale because their internal culture is a little bit toxic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and on the other side, yeah. you know, and on the other side, I work with companies that their product, you know, is mediocre, it's average. But their internal, their internal culture, the way they manage people, the way, the way they handle situation is so good. And those companies scale, not because their product is so different to others in their industry, but just because they know how to manage their own people. And I, yeah. I always say this. I say this, that a manager's customer is not the customer. Mm. A manager's customer is the employee. Yeah, 100%. But, and yeah, I, I love that. And also from managing and leading from the inside as well and growing from the inside because as you said if you don't have the staff there that are willing to go above and beyond you can have the best product in the world yet it's going to fall flat on its face and when I went to your website I also loved what your little explanation of coaching is where coaching means an exchange among professionals and I, I love that that really hit home to me which is why I wanted to bring that up, but would you just be able to elaborate for the listeners out there? Yes, I could use an example, like the difference between, you know, a lot of people think that coaching is training, but coach, you know, the difference, let me explain a little bit what is the difference between training and coaching and I think your people will understand. I also do training, but training is if I do a seminar, if I do a workshop where I do 70% of the talking. Mm. So training is I, I deliver what I know. And if you were the trainee, you're taking notes. Maybe we're going to do some exercises. Uh, maybe we're going to do some breakout rooms. And maybe I will give you some, you know, homework in between and all that. But yeah. I do, it's a little bit like consultancy. I, yeah. I tell you what I know. Mm. But coaching is I don't have all the answers. So coaching is a process, right? Is a facilitation that, you know, in my, in, in my case, I use my framework. I will help you find the answers that you are looking for. Yeah, I love that. And this is where coaching is a little bit transformational. Mm. It's, it's the transformation it's, you know, most of the times, you know, 80% the, on the times stays with the coachee forever. Yeah. So, you know, I might coach a client that he's from, let's say, I don't know, the healthcare industry. But I will be able to help the client just because of the process of the, of, and the methodology. Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty of coaching. It's, it's, I don't know the answers. You don't know the answers. Or maybe you know the answers but you don't know how to express them. So it's a relationship. It is a process, you know, it, it, it has a tool, it has a framework, but more than that, it is a relationship. And yeah. I think the most important thing about coaching is that it keeps the coachee accountable. Big time, yeah. That's a big, big um, bonus there with that, the accountability side of it. Yes. And... Yeah, because my background as well, it comes from sports. 
And with every sport, every great team, every great individual, every great athlete has their own coach. It doesn't matter how good they are. They, you see Tiger Woods, he still has his coach. Michael Jordan still had Phil Jackson. You've got Usain Bolt has a coach because, as you say, it's not necessarily about giving them the answers, but it's about asking the right questions to really get them thinking about it. And yeah, how, like how you said, you don't necessarily have the answers. I may not necessarily have the answers, but together, how we can come come up with that solution, it becomes like a third mastermind going on there. And I just love the way that you explained it, the difference from the two, because a lot of people don't really get the difference of training and coaching. Yes, it's, it's, it's sports. You know, you mentioned sports, sports and business. It's very similar. Mm. They are competitive. You know, they are competitive. And, you know, uh, let, let me use a sports analogy. Let's say you want to learn how to play tennis. Look, yeah, you can, you know, David, we live in the information age. You know, everything mm -hmm. now we can, we can watch, you know, we can kind of learn. We can get information on anything, anything really nowadays online, yeah. either by Google searching or by YouTubing, right? Yeah, 100%. You can, practically, you can learn how to, you can learn how to kind of hit the racket or about tennis, you know, online. You don't need to actually go to, to the tennis court. You can mm -hmm. actually do the first lessons online. But if you really want to become good, if you, and I'm not trying to sell coaching here, right? But if you really want to become good, if you really want to practice, if you really want to compete, and I'm not really talking at a really professional level, but even with your friend, mm. you kind of need a coach. Yeah. Because when we read something, when you look at something, everything is left brain. We cannot execute mm. because life is busy. We might forget, but a coach, you know, we really push you, really challenge you really you know keep you accountable to even do your homework in between classes yeah. because alone i know a 90 percent of us would don't do it do you know of all those online courses like on on, on different platforms the self-study online courses the completion rate, rate like percentage is like five percent of people complete the full course five percent yeah crazy because life is busy and you mm. know that's what, and this is where a coach helps, either yeah, keeps, in business keeps or in accountable. sports. Yes. And, and I love that. And what you, one of the things that you mentioned earlier is coaching um, companies in different, different areas, like different countries, different cultural backgrounds. How have you found that to influence you with your coaching? And is there the one in particular that's easier or harder to coach, to really get that company culture elevated? Yes. Well, look, you know, as an executive coach, I own the process, you know, I own the professional tools, I own my methodology. And let's say if you are my client, you own your own challenge. Mm. Okay. So yeah. if we work together, we will get to the root of the issue. And, you know, David, 90% the root, the, the root cause is behavioral. It's mm. a limiting belief or something else, right? It's like 90% of the times. And then, you know, and then plan your next steps, helping you to make the commitment necessary to move forward. Now, culture change 
is difficult mm. because a lot of managers, a lot of leaders, they don't want to admit it because <laughs> it makes them look weak. Yeah. It makes them look, what? You mean I'm not a good manager? You mean my department or a company has a problem? So that's the challenging part. Mm. They don't want to admit it. Yeah. So uh, it, it's not easy, you know, and nowadays, you know, with, you know, with people working from home, you know, we still continue to navigate the impact of COVID-19, right? I don't mean the, the health impact, but, you know, working from home and all that. And mm. it's still now, I think it's the same in Australia, employees across all industries are kind of juggling personal demands while at the same time try to keep up with work. So yeah. if you are an executive leader or an organization head or a manager, because you say you work with middle managers, very challenging, the sandwich position, I call it, right? Yeah. Because they, as you said, they have both, both pressure, right? Yeah. They have sure. pressure from both sides. Yeah. So how can you really engage your employees if they are working from home? Because, mm. you know, you cannot really micromanage. You, you cannot do management by walking around. Yeah. Right? So... And this is where, David, I think leadership comes in. You know, leadership comes in. And, you know, if you were to ask me, there are many definitions of leadership, of, you know, thousands of books written on the topic of the years. But if you were mm. to ask me what is leadership, and I think once I answer, once I give you my definition of leadership, I will answer your question. For me, leadership is, is the ability to bring like-minded people together to get remarkable things done. Yeah, And then I can break it down. I say it's the ability. It's the ability, yes, because I do believe leadership is like a muscle. You can actually train your leadership skills. Yes. Number one. 100%. Number two, to bring like-minded people together. What, that, what do I mean by that is if you don't have followers, we know without followers, you are not, we're not leaders. So if you don't have people to believe in you, in your vision, in your management style, if you don't have followers, you have no one. So if you look at all, all the historical, you know, all the political leaders, you know, I have a dream, you know, yeah. Alexander the Great, all these figures, you know, they have followers. And the last part is to get remarkable things done. And for me, leadership is execution. Because if yeah. I, you know, if I have the best piece of wood in front of me and the best carpentry tools, if I can't build something, a chair or a table, I'm nobody. Mm. So the ability to bring like-minded people together. So ability, bring people together, get things done, create something. Yeah. Yeah, love it. And a big thing like that I've noticed, and by the sounds of it, you have as well, the, the last step as well is the execution. And like you said, you can have all of the tools in there, but if you don't pull the trigger, you go, it's almost like people need that accountability of the coach. And what you were saying before was, I like to do it in, my background is fighting and rugby league. In rugby league, you know, we have all different positions. So mm -hmm. you have different positions like you do in work. Different positions have different skill sets and different requirements. And so long as everyone is playing their position exceptionally well, and they all know the end goal, that's when it all really comes together. And over, yeah. the, mm. over the last two years in particular, as you said, the people working remotely makes it a lot harder. Has there been 
one or two key things that you have found to be more beneficial to really help the people out with your coaching? Yeah, look, you know, and if you're listening to this and if you're, um, you know, if you maybe you maybe some of your audience will be biz, small business owners or managers mm. or even they are um, managing bigger teams. Uh, you know, for me, leadership starts from the top. You know, the fish stinks from the head, <laughs> right? So I very much believe that. And leadership, you know, and, and, and culture, when I do coach um, uh, uh, C-suite leaders on culture, I always start from the top leader. Yeah. Uh, because you know, uh, culture is like you know, like those chocolate fountains you see when you go to weddings. Yeah, it fl- chocolate flows from the top, and it's like fondue, chocolate fondue, right? It flows from the top. Well, if the top part is right and the quality of chocolate is good, everything will taste nice, will flow mm-hmm. nice. But if something is if something is wrong there, it looks like chocolate, but it doesn't smell like chocolate in a lot of companies. <laughs> Unfortunately, so leadership starts from the top. So if you are listening to this, you know, and it's easy for me to sit here in Zoom and talk, but I just talk from experience, from the all the mistakes I have done. You know, I was I was the colonial kind of leader. Do this, do that, do this, do that. You know what? I failed. Yeah. But failure gives you lessons, right? That's when you learn the most. Absolutely agree. So please, if you are watching this, you know, just my suggestion, just sharing my experience, you know, if you're managing a small team or a bigger company, look at your own, you know, uh, it's a monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Right. Look at your own leadership style. You know, what, what kind of, you know, what are you, you are the role model that, you know, and you are setting the standards. So I've seen it over and over again. If you set good standards, if your work ethic is there, uh, your team will will pull through. It's the same thing in sports as well with mm. all the captains. You know the team captains. Yeah. You know they run. You know a good captain runs a lot. As at, at least in football and soccer, you know they they get. You know you cannot just especially nowadays that we're managing people from afar from from working from home. This yeah. is where leadership is really important because you're not there all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. another obstacle that we've had to had to overcome, and that's. Like you said, you you failed at it before and you learn more when you do fail. But then it's so much better as well once you hit that obstacle and then you work your way over it. And then like you're doing now, you get to share your knowledge with the C-suite executives, with people all around the world. And for your impact to really filter all the way down to impact thousands and thousands of people. You know, David, I believe that leaders organizational leaders, sports leaders, uh, business owners, you know, we all have tremendous influence over the performance of our teams. Mm. And I do believe probably a lot more influence than we actually, than we realize, you know. So how we do things and the way we work with our employees and the way we behave, I do believe that plays a huge role in the success of our teams. And for me, one of the key duties, you know, and the responsibilities of, of, you know, and of the role of the successful leader in today's, you know, in today's business environment, you know, organizational environment, sports environment, whenever we're a leader, is to constantly improve, empower, and nurture our employees to help them become better in doing their job. 
because if they become better in doing their job, we will get what we want. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, it flows both ways, doesn't it? Because people see what the leaders are doing. So if they're slackening off, well, then the employees are going to think, well, my boss is doing that. But then if, if the boss is leading from the front, leading by example, and also communication, well, I, I believe is a key as well. Communication both down and up the stream is when you, you mentioned, and you mentioned before about creating those relationships. So setting, setting the example, communicating and working on relationships. Is that, yeah. that sort of what you see working pretty much anywhere globally? Because I mean, exactly. Because it, 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 you know, I, I don't know. As far as I know, most of the industries right now, I they are competitive. Mm. So how you know, and and we see that we talk about you know the great resignation. I I don't you know we live in competitive. You know, most industries are competitive. So how will your company compete? You know, right now having the right workers, it's a competitive mm. advantage. And we talk about right, the right, you mentioned the right, the great resignation offline before yeah. we started recording. And, uh, you know, it's not, in, if I can share with you, it is not a great resignation. It is a great reevaluation of values, which leads yeah. to people resigning. Yes, 100%. Because yeah, I, think, I didn't think of it that way, but that, that's a great way to put it. Because I think, you know, I, I, again, I talk from experience for some of my staff, you know, you know, some, some people are thinking, you know, what am I doing here? You know, some stuff, you know, what is my work? What value does my work add? You know, and yeah. a lot of employees just, uh, they, they just throw the towel sometimes, you know, and especially if the manager is a micromanager and mm. the, to the company is, is toxic, the people will say, I had enough of that shit. I want to get out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a great way to put it. And like you said before as well, with that, with the micromanaging, with the dictatorship sort of leader, that's no longer really accepted and it's been proven time and time and time again to not be not be effective to now the new way of leadership is to to be have have that open door to open the communication to be that real leader like you would in a football team or as a coach of a tennis player so have have you really seen that evolve in your time as well in what the last 20 years of leadership that you've you've been involved in it, it evolved you know it evolves all the time like again mm. when i was in the uk i was the kind of leader and the manager that was really i was really colonial mm. but it worked it worked maybe this is what people wanted the economy was different um it worked just people follow blindly you know do this do that they <laughs> did and they went home and we all went yeah and we all went for a beer you know, after work almost every day, but the, uh, it's changing. This is not what yeah. people want. They want anymore. They want lead, they, they want people. People want different things. You know, they the nature of work is changing. Employees' expectation is changing. Employers' expectations are changing. The, in general, the nature of work and the the relationship aspect you mentioned is all changing. And as you said, mm. leadership is about communicating effectively and connecting with others you know you know I, I i can see it every day you know with my coaching uh in my in my coaching practice that top leaders can make their messages simple enough simple enough for all for everyone to grasp and complex enough to make it interesting 
Yeah. Yeah. It's finding that even balance, isn't it? Yes. Yes. But you know, as you said, you know what has changed? As I said before, when, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, communication was just one direction. But mm. now it's changed. You know, communication does not happen, I believe, in just one direction. You know, listening to the needs, desires, dreams of our people, I think, I believe is essential, which leads us to, you know, to, to one of the most important tools leaders use to make the connection between employees and employer. And, you know, is that communication? As I said, that you're, you're you know, communicating with influence, simple enough, but interesting for people to, to, to grasp and to, to, to be excited, to, to make them excited and interesting, especially if you're managing people from different cultures. You know, now with a hybrid work setting, with remote work, you mm. can have global teams. You can have a team in India and team in Mexico, a team in Europe, a team in Sydney. Yeah. You can. Yeah. It, so, and that, that's what like I've found and no doubt you have as well. Over the last two years, we are speaking before, before we started recording this about how two or three years ago, something like this wasn't the norm. It wasn't really, people didn't enjoy doing things online, but now it's more accepted. We can do this. I'm in Sydney, Australia, you're in Greece and we're, we're communicating like you're next door, like you're in the yeah. seat next to me. And yeah, the hybrid work conditions have really just altered everything at a quicker, quicker pace than, than ever before. How have you found your own business to over the last two years? Has it grown or has it suffered or how have you managed to keep yourself up there? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the first year, 2020, if you remember February, March, where everything had to be shifted, yeah. um, shifted online it was a bit of a challenge yes it was a bit of a challenge because mm. we have to shift online and you know suddenly we, we we need to do you know for me i had to do all my coaching um engagements online even if my clients was in the same <laughs> city you know yeah, yeah um and you know i like face to face don't get me wrong i don't think face to face can be replaced mm. um but you know, in business, you know, you have to be adaptable. As Charles Darwin said, you know, he's not the strongest or the most intelligent who survives, but the one who is most adaptable to change. Yes. So it was challenging for the first six months, but then I learned to adapt as well. Um, and then now, you know, it's giving me the opportunity. I'm scaling it fast and it's giving me actually an opportunity to, to have clients all over the world and, you know, do, yes. do things like you. I actually have a lot of clients in Australia. I wake up at you know, my, my day, you know, I split my, my days. Let's say Monday is my Asian uh, clients. <laughs> Tuesday is my European clients. Yes, Wednesday, yeah. because I do have some, some clients in North America as well, in Europe and in Asia as well. So, I, yeah. I, you see, I adapted like that. So, because it's impossible for me, you know, to serve my American clients if I work early morning and I have yeah. to stay up late at night. So, I kind of, I, 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 ch I change the way I work, you know. So, let's say I have blocks of days which I focus on specific regions for time, you know, for yeah. to, to, to adapt to, to, to local times. Like for example, Thursdays is my US day. So I, I sleep later in the morning and I wake up and I stay up kind of all yeah. night to work with my American clients and so on and so forth. So I had to adapt. Yeah. And I'd, I love that, that you've, you almost have it in the time zones. Monday is this time zone. Tuesday is this time zone. And that's a brilliant thing about what really has happened. 
I know a lot of people are feeling sorry for themselves. Oh, poor me. And it's been rough on everyone. But as you said, it's about being most responsive to change. It's who can zig while everyone else is zagging. And it wasn't like this was just one little part. The whole globe got flipped upside down. And the fact that you've been able to do it and you have structured your days like that, I think it's my, my hat goes off to you as well, where it's about being adaptive and about evolving and moving forward. And yeah, no choice, really. Oh, 100%. It was just like, you know, everyone got slapped in the face and you could either roll with it and go, oh, that was nice. Or you yeah. can end up in the corner and cry about it. We all got hit with the same thing. It was just the way that we responded to it made the world of difference. Yeah, I, you're right. And, you know, you have clients as well. And uh, mm. it's all about serving our clients and, uh, you know, provide, you know, get, be, being of value to them. Oh, 100%. And with this, it's great that we can hit, hit the globe, really. So we're no longer local. Like beforehand, I used to concentrate a lot of my speaking, just local. But now with, with it being accepted going online, I can speak from Sydney, Australia, over in America. I can speak over in Asia, anywhere where they've got internet or Wi-Fi. It's really just open up the globe to the people that want it. Yes, exactly. To the people that want it. The, yeah. You hit a nail on the head there. Because, you know, I always say to the class as well, you know, you can bring the water to the horse, but you cannot make the horse drink. Oh, so, yeah, so, 100%. You know, if you're a leader, if you're a manager, you know, it's all, you know, the buck stops with you. And it's, you know, let's look ourselves in the mirror and say, how can we serve our people better, you know, in our respective um in our respective positions and um, mm. this is and this is what people want nowadays they want leadership they want strong leadership somebody to you know you know a pat in the back or you know give yeah. them a good word if they deserve it and carry carry them through those challenging times and i know david is not easy because right now no i don't think any business in the world maybe apart from the big, big, really big companies in telecommunication or whatever. I don't think any of us can predict what the uh, uh, you know business world will look like in yeah. five years, right? So, oh, for sure, it's it's a gamble. So but you can. So if you know, but you know, as far as we can, you know, and and I think that's another thing that people want is to see where the company is going. And if you're a leader, and you might say, I don't know where will my company be in three to five years, but you probably know where it will be in the next two to, you know, three to six months, please yeah. share that vision with them. Yeah, be transparent and have that honesty as well. Because I know that you're big on, on being honest. On if you don't know something, let's admit it. Don't try and fluff around because we're going to get caught out sooner or later if you don't know what's going on. So be open and transparent, both up and down the chain. And I'm just looking at the time and time is flying away from us. So with what I'd, what I'd love to ask you as well is with your past 20, 25 years experience in the leadership world, what's a piece of advice you'd give to a 15-year-old Evan or a 15-year-old that's just starting in the world as we speak? Mm, interesting question. Just get experience, I suppose. Mm. You know, go out there and work and explore. You know, maybe right now you cannot explore the world but maybe you can explore working in your town and, yeah. you know, work, you know, go out there, you know, if you, if you can, you know, go out there and explore and, and, and learn and, 
You know, if you're 15, it's different. You have all the energy. You think you will take over the world. So yeah. keep those dreams. Keep those dreams alive. It's good to have dreams. Yeah. But at the same it. time, you know, look, you know, look how the world operates. Maybe, maybe get the, you know, summer work, you know, maybe for a couple of weeks to see how the real world works. Yeah. And, you know, life, you know, life is a journey. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, take it step by step. Yeah. And channel your enthusiasm and your energy into the right resources because there's so many things we can enjoy the world without any addictions because you're referring to 15 years old you know mm. we can do sports we can enjoy music we can enjoy music we can play sports we can you know maybe travel locally we can make friends we can work there are so many things that the world can give us to enjoy without any addictions yeah so we yeah the world is really their oyster they don't have anything holding them down and as you said keep that dream alive where if someone told me when i was 15 that i'll be talking to you like there's someone over in greece or someone in singapore i would have gone oh, don't be silly who am i to to do this sort of thing but it's keeping that dream alive and keep on coming up with new dreams as well not just hitting that roof and being content with that make make everything a journey make it as big as you can and as you say it's a marathon just keep going step after step after step absolutely and yeah. Ad, Ad, as we do wind up evan i'd like you also just to share with people who would be your ideal client and how they can get in contact with you as well well, I work with C-suites, I work with leaders, I work with managers, I work with good, ambitious, you know, good leaders. I work with good leaders, good managers, good C-suites, good executives that want to take themselves, their company or their department to the next level. So I work with good managers, executives that want to go from good to great. You know, maybe they, they stumble into something, you know, in their, in their organization and they can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active there. Or they can get in touch with me from my website, which is executivecoachasia.com. Um, in that website, I have a link. You know, you can um, get in touch. I do offer a discovery, a three-minute free discovery session yes. where I will get to know them. They will get to know me. They will tell me their challenge. And if I think I can be of service to them, I will tell them. And then we can explore ways we can potentially work together. So that, that's my website, executivecoachasia.com. I started coaching in Asia, that's, but yeah. my clients are everywhere. But that's, that's the coaching practice started in Asia, executivecoachasia.com. Yeah. And now it's worldwide, world domination. Well, the domination, I wouldn't call it, but uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. As long as we are of service to our clients, you know, as long as we see, you know, those leaders, those managers, you know, they increase their performance, um, they increase their team performance, you know, reduce turnover, have better employees, as well as, you know, maybe getting a pay rise, maybe getting that promotion and living a better life and a happier life themselves. For sure. And like, cause I, I like to say it's about leaving a legacy as well. So when you come in, the job has a certain value, leave a legacy, improve it, improve the value of that position and improve the value of that company. But Evan, I just want to say, thank you very much. I've taken a lot from this and I'm sure the listeners will as well. 
Thank you, David. Nice to be with you today. Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. If you're a successful Chief Operations Officer, Human Resource Manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au. P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. Or follow me on LinkedIn and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.